The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, Reverend Galen McDowell, and I'm here to help us continue to learn how to live better lives. I'm the executive minister, senior assistant minister, and the director of the Johnny Coleman Institute at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago. Today, I'm going to continue the series, and I know that I've been missing some episodes here and there this summer. I haven't been recording as much probably since May or so, episode here and episode there. So first of all, I appreciate your patience, and I'm going to try to put a string of these episodes together before I actually miss another one. So let's get to it. Now, I'm still in the midst of the book, Asking It Is Given, by Esther and Jerry Hicks. I do want to let you know that I do... Uh, plan on having some interviews coming up. I'm not going to stop teaching the book, but I do want to interview some people that I recognize as doing some great work. A couple of people that I met at the Parliament of World Religions, which was in Chicago. And, you know, it allowed me to catch up with some old friends. It allowed me to make some new ones. And I think that the work that we're doing can really expand uh, and help get this message out to the world because I'm a big believer that when we learn who we are in God and who God is in us, it changes everything. So let's get to it. We are in chapter, let me make sure here now, chapter 22, the different degrees of your emotional guidance scale, the different degrees of your emotional guidance scale. Now, This is an interesting chapter because as I was reading and preparing for this, you know, I hadn't read it in a while and I was like, okay, let me make sure I'm clear about it. And it really reminds me of the map of consciousness by Dr. David Hawkins. I mentioned and taught the map of consciousness in the last series, exploring the power of intention by Dr. Wayne Dyer based upon the book, the power of intention by Dr. Wayne Dyer. And it reminds me a lot of it about the different degrees or states of consciousness that we find ourselves in at times. These levels of awareness that have, for lack of terms, their own, not only 
energy signature, but consequences like, okay, if I stay in this mental space, if I stay in this emotional space, what are, what are the consequences for it? And I think that's important because what ends up happening often is we don't recognize we don't recognize the effects of staying in a particular energy too long. You know, all of us will experience the range of emotions. I'm not saying that that won't happen to you. What I am saying is that you are responsible for not allowing your mind to consistently take you where you don't want to go. Let me repeat that again. You are responsible for making sure that your mind doesn't take you where you don't want to go. All right. So page 113, again, the different degrees of your emotional scale. And as this book has often mentioned, your emotions are indicators of your vibrational frequency. In other words, as you have heard me say many times, you are a mental field that is always radiating and attracting. Now, the question is, what are you radiating and what are you attracting? So when you get connected to your emotional guidance system, what it's saying is, based upon where you are energetically, this is what you are, you are attracting and this is what you are uh, radiating or this is what you're radiating and this is what you are attracting. So you can't plant watermelon seeds and expect to get tomatoes. You can't plant acorns and expect to get orange trees. And we can't live in despair and frustration and expect to produce experiences of jo love, joy, prosperity, and well-being. All right, as the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman used to often say to us at Christ Universal Temple, I am the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the thing. I am the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the thing. All right, so the book goes on to talk about what they call absolute alignment. They wrote, absolute alignment with your own source energy means that you know the following. You are free. You are powerful, you are good, you are love, you have value, you have purpose, all is well. Now, these points are key because what it's saying is, is when you're functioning at, a, at the higher spiritual levels, when your thoughts are in alignment with truth, these are the things that are natural to you. These thoughts, these feelings, these beliefs are natural to you. You know that you're free. You know that you're powerful. You know that you're good. You know that you are loved. You know that you have value. You know that you live on purpose. You know all is well and everything is in divine order. But when you fall in consciousness, now you start to worry. Now you start to deal with life from a different perspective. So they wrote on page 114, at any time that you are thinking thoughts that cause you to know your true nature, you are in alignment with who you really are. But this is the state of absolute alignment. All right. Now, in Christian metaphysics, we might even call this Christ consciousness. You know, back in the early 20th century, they used terms like cosmic consciousness and all different type of terms. The key is this. When you are aware of who you are in God and who God is in you. When you recognize that you are an individualized expression of the one presence and one power that we call God, 
when you recognize that you are the image and likeness of God and your spiritual wholeness is your birthright, it is your true authentic self, then you are functioning from these higher thoughts, these higher beliefs, these higher feelings, which again, either help you produce or attract experiences that are consistent with the core thought. All right. So when you are checking in on how you're feeling, part of that is to let you know when you are in alignment or not. I know when I am functioning from a higher spiritual awareness and when I've descended in consciousness solely based upon how I feel. In other words, I'll say, eh, something's off. I'll, I'll actually say to people, you know what? I need to go do some extra prayer time or some meditation time or study or just pull away from this. Because energetically, I'll use terms like energetically or feeling. Like energetically, something is off. I'll tell people when I walk into spaces, energetically, something's off in this space. Because I'm sensitive to, to the energy. Like something is off. Or with that person. And I'm I'm not unique. You know you feel it. You know when that loved one is off and they're saying everything is fine. How are you doing? I'm fine. And you know it's they're not fine because the energy is off. All right. So what they gave on page 114, I think is really interesting. They call it a scale of emotions. And from number one, meaning highest level, to 22. They're calling uh, in this scale the lowest. So the first one is joy, knowledge, empowerment, freedom, love, appreciation. Number two is passion. Number three is enthusiasm, eagerness, happiness. Number four, positive expectation, belief. Number five is optimism. Number six is hopefulness. Number seven is contentment. Now, once we get past number seven, now we start to deal with some thoughts that were not necessarily, or emotions that are not necessarily for your highest good in descending order. When you get to the lowest, that's the lowest level of that of these emo of this emotional scale. This is not absolute. It's a framework. All right. So we get to number eight, boredom. Number nine, pessimism. Number 10, frustrate, frustration, irritations, Irritation, impatience. Number 11, overwhelmment, or in other words, the feeling of being overwhelmed. Number 12, disappointment. Number 13, doubt. Number 14, worry. Number 15, blame. Number 16, discouragement. Number 17, anger. Number 18, revenge. Number 19, Hatred slash rage. Number 20, jealousy. Number 21, insecurity, guilt, unworthiness. Number 22, and the last one, fear, grief, depression, despair, powerlessness. Now, from this scale, what they're saying is when you check in with your emotions, like, okay, what do I feel? That lets you know how far you are away from joy, knowledge, empowerment, freedom, love, appreciation, which is number one. So if you're at, at hatred and rage, which is 19, you are 18 steps away from joy, knowledge, empowerment, freedom, love, and appreciation. And remember, this is just a framework. Don't make it the gospel. What it does do is give you an opportunity to evaluate your emotions. If you're in despair, 
and feeling powerless, you're in fear and grief. Now that's internal, internal damage you're doing to yourself. Why? Because that's normally what you turn on when people are in that space, they turn on themselves. They become their own enemy. All right. So if you're functioning from that level and you can get to discouragement, for for instance, you jump five spaces or four or five spaces, actually seven, six or seven. So the point of it is, even if you're angry right now, and they talk about this later in the book, but you were previously in despair, that's better. Anger is better than despair. It's far from joy, knowledge, empowerment, freedom, love, and appreciation. But it's not in the basement of fear, grief, depression, despair, and powerlessness. So part of the process is recognizing and tuning into where you are. So they wrote, the thing that matters most is that you consciously reach for a feeling that is improved. The word for the feeling is not important. So if you're in fear or guilt or despair, or if you're in insecurity, and unworthiness, okay, can I go up one level? Can I go up two levels? The idea is how can I get out of that emotional state right now and continue to climb? Some people are trying to jump from 22 to one immediately. And sometimes that's not the case. I used to tell people in my classes in the Johnny Coleman Institute when I first started, I used to get a lot of questions and I was been teaching new thought a long time. I'll just say that. Um, uh, <laughs> 20, 26, 27 years now. Anyway, sometimes people will come to me and say, you know, Joe Goldsmith wrote this or some other high level person. Neville Goddard wrote that. And I would say to them, that's great for them and their demonstration based upon their understanding or their consciousness. I said, use the analogy of trying to get to the roof. I said, the unity method, the UFBL, you know, uh, I would say also to a certain extent, the science of mind folks on the Center for Spiritual Living. I said, they have a methodology to where you can take the steps and sometimes the elevator to get to the roof. Now, the elevator is easier than the steps. The steps will help require a little bit more understanding. I said, but some of these writers who are very absolute are just saying, walk up to a building like Spider-Man and just jump up to the roof. And not everybody can make that jump. And here's the thing. They didn't make that jump. When, when By the time you read what they wrote, they had been working with this truth for years, sometimes decades. Day in and day out praying and affirming and visualizing, studying and, and practicing. And eventually they were able to shift from I'm in my frustration or I'm in my fear or I'm, a, or I'm feeling, you know, despair. I'm shifting and I'm going right to God is the only thing there is. God is all there is. There's nothing else. And that's great if you can get there. But if not, Let's see what we can build on and continue to strive toward the goal of a conscious realization of our oneness with God. I, I love this from the standpoint because I never looked at it from this standpoint completely. I didn't. I had a framework in my own mind, but this gave me a different framework to work 
front. I'm not saying it's going to be absolute for me. The point that I'm trying to make is this. When you know how you are feeling energetically, you know how close you are to being in alignment with not only God, but your good. And that's key. How close are you? All right. So one of the things it talks about is if your intention is to find a thought, any thought that is better than how you are consciously aware of how you're feeling, that's a good day. In other words, if you're in grief and you can get to discouragement, now you're climbing out of the hole. And then maybe you get from discouragement to doubt and then doubt to disappointment, then the doubt to frustration then the doubt to pessimism or boredom. And maybe you might just jump from boredom to optimism. And now you only have, you know, four more steps to joy, knowledge, empowerment, freedom, love, and appreciation. It's a process. Sometimes Some people can walk up to a building and jump to the, you know, in the comic books at least, jump to the roof like Spider-Man. And some people in consciousness can do that with an idea. You know, you've often heard me say, that I think that one of the keys to this teaching is how soon can you recalibrate back to truth? What I've discovered is for myself is uh, I force myself to get myself back in alignment. If I need to either shut down, get on my prayer work, get on my, you know, I like to study to shift my energy to get myself where I need to be because I don't like carrying energy over day after day after day after day. I think not only is it problematic for my mental health, I personally believe it's harmful to my physical health. And I believe it's harmful to my financial health. And I believe it's harmful to my relationships. Because when I'm off, I'm off with everything. And I don't want to be off. So the quicker I can get myself back into alignment. In other words, it doesn't make a difference what I'm feeling and why I'm feeling it. I want to be in alignment with truth because I want to be in alignment with my good. And I want to experience more good and less of anything else. Therefore, I want to stay as close as I can to joy, knowledge, empowerment, freedom, love, and appreciation. I want to stay as close as I can to number two, passion. I want to stay as close as I can to number three, enthusiasm, eagerness, happiness. I want to stay as close as possible to number four, positive expectation, belief. I want to stay as close as possible to number five, optimism. I want to stay as close as possible to hopefulness. All right? These are things that I'm mindful of, and I'm asking you to consider being mindful of. You can have every right to be in your funky attitude if you have one, and I get that. Sometimes people are just low on fuel. It was a tough day. A lot was expected of you. Sometimes it's just the way you move. and your own upbringing, your own conditioning, your own culture, or any other excuse you want to use that eventually you got to get back to, I am the thinker who thinks the thought that makes the thing. Just because you are in a mental space does not mean you have to stay in that mental space. And it also doesn't mean that you have to make other people pay because of the space you're in. So if you want life to work for you, 
the higher you are in consciousness, the more it will work for you. That doesn't mean that other people won't do things that will potentially uh, disappoint you, frustrate you, et cetera. That'll happen. Now, how quickly can you recalibrate? That's the question. How quickly can you recalibrate when you're disappointed with your actions or someone else's? When something doesn't work out the way you thought it was going to do, when the plan didn't play out the way you thought it would, how quickly can you recalibrate back to truth? When you get a prognosis or diagnosis that you didn't expect, when the money thing didn't work out, when it's more monthly than money, how soon? Can you recalibrate back to truth? That's the question. So we're going to take a quick break here. I want to remind you, as I've been saying to you off and on in these podcasts, that uh, I want to make sure that truth transforms the Reverend Gaylor McDowell at the top of Google. When you Google truth transforms, the show used to be called just truth transforms. Now it's truth transforms with Reverend Gaylor McDowell. It was on Unity Online Radio. Obviously, for those who've been following me for a while, I had to transfer it over to mindbodyspirit.fm. And because of that, I lost my, I was like the whole first page of Google. And I want to be the whole first page of Google again. Therefore, if you could go on to the mindbodyspirit.fm website and just, you know, just take a day, maybe 14 to 21 days, just go on, save it. Go on it, open up the page, and just close it. Just do that once a day. Or just do it over and over again in one day like it is for 21 days and just allow Google to see that it's being consistently open. Why is that important? It pushes it up with the algorithm. You know, if this podcast is beneficial to you, share the lessons on your social media. Give people the opportunity to listen to what empowers you. If it's helping you, it can help the people that you love. It can help the people that you're close with. It can help your casual Facebook friends and Twitter friends, or not Twitter now, what is X? So share, share the love. Share the love. Share the love. Uh, the last commercial that I do want to just give is a reminder because I haven't said this in a while. If you haven't done it in a while, go back and listen to my YouTube lesson. New Thought, The Science of Mental and Spiritual Mastery. I put the fundamentals of new thought into that lesson. Go back to it, save it on your phone, refer back to it often. Trust me, that lesson is worth its weight in gold. I go back and listen to it myself often, and I'm amazed at how much I put into that seminar in that time frame. So we'll be right back with Truth Transform.
All right, welcome back to True Transforms. I'm in the midst of teaching the lesson, and they taught a lot about anger and appropriate, like how to get from depression and despair, and how anger is better than that. Not anger acting, but just the feeling. I'm not going to cover all of that. You can read it yourself because I think I gave you the gist of it. Every time you climb up a level, it's better than the level before. But that's not a it's a resting place, not a permanent place. All right, because you know there. There are going to be times where, okay, you were in fear and that fear turned into anger. Okay. Well, if, well, if you're just going to stay in fear, you're internalizing it and that'll pull you into despair and depression and a feeling of not having any power or agency in your life. So sometimes anger is, is necessary to just, you know, get yourself up and get yourself moving and get people to stop uh, trying to manipulate and whatever. But that's not a place you can stay because it'll, eat your body up and cells and all that adrenal gland dumps and all those other things that, that, you know, because your body can't be in fight mode all the time and neither can your mind. But you say, okay, I'm here now. Now, where can I go? Now, where can I go to continue to climb to, till you can get to joy, knowledge, empowerment, freedom, love, and appreciation. All right. Okay. Now there's a statement on page 119 that I love. It reads, if I can get there emotionally, I can get anywhere. If I can get there emotionally, I can get there anywhere. And it reminds me of the statement that Reverend Ike used to say. Feeling gets the blessing. Can you get there emotionally? Feeling gets the blessing. He actually got feeling gets the blessing from Neville Goddard, who wrote it as feeling is the secret. All right, because a lot of people have this information intellectually, but they're stuck in emotions that won't allow them to align to their good. So can you get there emotionally? Can you feel like the one that's entitled to the blessing? Can you feel like the one that believes that healing is yours? The healing is now. Can you feel like the one that believes that miracles are supposed to happen to you? Can you feel like the one that believes that loving relationships meet you wherever you go? Can you feel like the one that's entitled to the blessing? How do you get from that frustration and despair and rage and blame and all of that to get to positive expectations and joy and love? Can you get there? Because you can't have in your life what you can't have in consciousness. Even if somebody gives it to you, you'll lose it. You'll figure out a way for somebody else to take it from you. Because it's not yours by right of consciousness. This is why sometimes when people win games of chance like the lottery, they'll lose it. You know, I, you know, I've, I've, you know, know people that like to go gamble. You'll hear them talk about, oh, I went, I won a ton of money. And they'll go right back and lose all the money and then some that they won. By right of consciousness. When all that extra money wasn't in alignment, so instead of like, oh, I won, especially considering probably the amount of money it took them to, to win the money or people who play the lottery and win. And then you look up seven, eight years later, they don't have any money. How do you win $50 million and don't have any money seven years later? Well, uh, the taxes that we bought stuff and everybody was asking for things and then we're moving and we're traveling. Then I started a music company. Then I did whatever. 
start doing things instead of how can I, I got this asset and now how do, what are the things I need to do? Let me go find some experts in the financial field to help me protect my money and live off of it properly until my days are done. No, but if that's not where you are in consciousness, you're not going to do it. All right, back to the book. Page 119, they wrote, in time and with practice, you will become very adept at understanding what your emotional guidance system is telling you. Once you make a determined decision to continually reach for the relief that an improved emotion brings, you will find yourself feeling good most of the time and allowing into your experience all the things you desire. All right. So this is key. All right. Why is this key? Because, yet again, you can't out-demonstrate your own consciousness. So you can talk all what you want to talk, but how are you feeling? And are you going to allow the feeling of where you are now to stop you, or are you going to shift that feeling? And this is why, at times, willpower is necessary. You know, a new thought we teach that will is the executive faculty of the mind. In other words, it's it's the it's the faculty that says this can be done and this can't be done. Now that's key because you have to choose because you have to decide. I'm going to stay here or I'm going to do something else. I'm going to let this feeling uh, keep me in the bed when I know I'm supposed to be working out and going to the gym. Or I'm going to shift out of this feeling and, al and allow my commitment to push me. My passion to be in shape, to push me. My expectation, positive expectation that this will give me the results that I want to push me. That's the question. That's the real question. Because the will is the executive faculty. So you need willpower. You have to be willing, yes, willing to the source or God or principle. And you also have to have a certain level of willpower to choose when your emotions aren't where they need to be to get the results you desire. Currently, we're in a series at the church called The Will to Do It. By the time you hear this lesson, we will be out of it. We'll be into a new series. But The Will to Do It. Why? Because you need some willpower to get your butt up and do what you're supposed to be doing, regardless of the emotional state that you're currently in. You have to reach for a higher thought. You have to reach for a higher emotion. You have to reach for a higher belief. Don't stay there. You got to get up. Right, back to the book. Talks about desire. I love this definition for desire, page 120. Desire is a fresh, free feeling of anticipating wonderful expansion. The feeling of desire is truly the feeling of life flowing through you. And we teach a new thought that desire is God tapping at the door of your soul with what is possible. You have the desire because the desire is the pregnant possibility that is seeking expression through you. Don't squash your desire. Don't kill your desire. 
stop doubting your desires. And I'm not talking about desire like, oh, I want these shoes versus uh, that jogging suit. I'm talking about these divine impulses of what is seeking to express through you. Not surface one. And there's nothing wrong with surface one. I just want to make sure I'm making the distinction. The question is, are you willing to let the desire do what it's supposed to do? But it's hard to be willing when you allow yourself to stay in emotional states that kill desire. And then some people, and I love this, how they talk about how some people write in spiritual work don't have any desires. It's not right to have desires, just let spirit guide. And I love how they wrote, they replied. We reply, but it's not your but is not your state of happiness or your state of spirituality a desire? So if you want to be spiritual and somebody's telling you not to have any desires, that's an oxymoron because the desire is a desire to be more spiritual. I'm just saying. All right. A few more things. Page 122. Once you feel in control, you will enjoy it all. All right. All right. You can tell by the way you feel whether your vibrations, your vibration is in place when you are allowing universal forces to deliver your desires to you now or not. All right. So there's a couple of things that they cover when you get it in the right mental space. Number one, you will enjoy your exposure to the variety and contrast that will help you identify your desire and you will enjoy the sensation of your own desire, which is being launched from your own valuable perspective and is flowing from you. You will enjoy the sensation of your conscious awareness when you are not a vibrational match to your own desire, but you will enjoy the sensation of deliberately bringing yourself back into vibrational alignment with your desire. You will feel relief as doubt slips away and, and as the secure feelings of well-being replace them. You will enjoy sensing things that are about to happen, and you will enjoy seeing things beginning to fall in place, and you will adore witnessing the manifestations of your desire. You will revel in the conscious awareness that you have deliberately molded your desires into being in and as real as a way. Let me read that again. You will revel in the conscious awareness that you have deliberately molded your desires into being in as Real away as if you had created a statue with the clay in your own hand. You will adore the sensations you feel as you align again and again with the fruits of your own experience. So this is just ways of saying when you're in alignment, not only are you thinking well, you're feeling well. You're speaking well. You're acting well. You're reacting well. This is a part of the process. So continue to do the work. All right? As I said before, because I'm about to wrap up now, I'm going to put some podcasts back to back to back so um, you won't have to have such long breaks. Uh, so hopefully you've been sticking with me and we can do what we need to do. And I'm praying about what my next series is going to be once I wrap up with this book. So you can get it early. I'll announce it a few weeks ahead so you can get what you need to do. Just work with the material I'm giving you. So with that, God bless you. And I'll be with you next week with Truth Transform. Take care. 
I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.